Bibles, if you would, this evening and turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 tonight, we are in verse 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, and we're starting at verse 4, and we're going down to verse 15. That's what passage we're going to focus on this evening. <clears throat> Scottish church leader, pastor, and author wrote these insightful words more than a hundred years ago, and they still ring true today. A wise life is made up of a multitude of small things. The little things of the hour and not the great things of the age fill up the life of a wise believer. Little words, not eloquent speeches, little deeds, not miracles or great battles won. It is not the one heroic effort, but through little things that a life is wisely lived. How does a person live a wise life? That's a big question, isn't it? Well, as we look at Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verses 4 through 15 tonight, we answer, we look at a, uh, we answer a question, how do we live right, how to live right in a world full of wrongs? We live in a world full of wrongs. <laughs> you, you don't have to turn the TV on very, very far, very long to uh, see the wrongs that's going on in our world today. They seem to be everywhere you turn. You look on the newspaper, you, I don't know about you, but I check my email in the morning. I usually look at the Alachua Chronicle because they seem pretty decent in their news coverage. And every day I read it and I see who's, who's going to jail for what this time. Somebody, somebody, I think it was going to jail because they, they broke an elevator. I don't know if you saw, saw that. Did $2 million worth of damage on an elevator down in Butler Plaza. They're going to jail for that. <laughs> uh, I read about the news today that they're trying to pass a law in California where if one of the, if, 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 if a child says to the parent that I think I'm a girl when he's really a guy and one of the parents goes along with the, with the kid, then that, that other parent doesn't have any rights whatsoever. They're trying to pass a law. All, all it has, it's already passed the legislature. All I have to do is Governor Newsom to pass it. I mean, can you imagine a world where we're thinking about passing laws like that? When the Bible says clearly that men are men and women are women, they're trying to pass laws about transgenderism. I read about today how our government gave $6 billion to Iran. Six, not million, billion with the B, in exchange for five prisoners. Now, I don't know if you know anything about Iran, but they're not actually our friends. They actually want to destroy us. We're called the great Satan. We, we are called Satan. And they're trying, they want to do two things, destroy Israel and destroy the United States of America. That's the government. So when you read things about like that that I read today, you, you start looking at yourself and say, what? Even so come quickly, Lord Jesus. John. Please. Wow. But how do we live in a world that's gone wrong? Well, Solomon, thousands of years ago, gives us some wonderful advice that we ought to heed, of course, because it's God's word. First of all, respond in righteousness with rulers who get angry. 
The Bible says in verse 4, If the spirit of the ruler rise up against thee, leave not thy place, for, for yielding pacifieth great offenses. You ever had some boss that get mad at you? You ever worked for a, uh, someone who's, who, who got angry and uh, got a little, you know, frothy and said maybe colorful words? Uh, you ever, ever had that? If you've lived long and you work many places, you'll find somebody that you've worked with that, that sometimes are upset. How do, you, how do you respond to that? How do, you, how do you live with somebody like that? Well, he's, Solomon's saying, be careful about overreacting. Our tendency is when someone does something to us is to overreact. That's never a good thing. Best thing to do is try to respond properly. Don't react with harsh words. The Bible says in Proverbs 15:1, a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. When someone is maybe yelling or raising their voice at you, the best thing to do is say, hey, are you okay? Is everything all right? Respond not. If you try to match that, their anger and their level of, of anger or their temperature, you're gonna, it's just going to escalate, and it's probably not, going to, probably not going to go to a very good place. That's why the Bible says, A soft answer turneth away wrath. The King James Life Application Bible offered this insight about this verse. It said, The proverb has implications for employer-employee relationships. Employees should ride out the temper tantrums of their employer. If we quietly do our work and don't get upset, the employee will probably get over his or her anger and calm down. I found that to be true. I found that to be true. I've worked for people that were angry. I've worked for people that had colorful language. And usually if you respond properly uh, to their uh, tantrums, even though they probably at their age shouldn't have tantrums, uh, it usually is pretty good. So... How do you respond? Be, don't be quick to overact. Don't react with harsh words. And thirdly, choose to forgive. Choose to forgive. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away with you with all malice. But be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as, as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12, Put you on... On therefore the elect of God, holy and, and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Just like, for, just like Christ forgave you and me of all our sins, every time we ask him, he doesn't say, okay, you've lied 325 times in this last month, okay, 326, you're not going to be able to do it. He doesn't say, well, you lusted 125 times a day to 126, you're done. Every time we ask God for forgiveness, he forgives us every time. Do you hold grudges against people? Do you have a little black book that people have done you wrong in the past that you... You, in your, if not physically in your mind, you write them off because they've done something to you, said something to you. God doesn't have that. He forgives us. Aren't you glad he does? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
So, dear friend, as we want forgiveness, we should, we should be forgiven of other people. But, but finally, naturally, in any relationship, if that person is given, uh, you know, spouting off threats or abusive in any way, in any relationship, the best thing to do is get away from that situation. Always wise when a person makes threats towards you or physically abusive to get out of that relationship as soon as possible. So first of all, respond in righteousness with rulers who get angry. But secondly, be careful about putting people in authority that have little character. Be careful about putting people in authority who have little character. The Bible says there in Ecclesiastes 10, verse 5, there's an evil which I've seen as a son as an heir which proceedeth from the ruler. Folly is set in great indignation. Rich sit, sit in low places. I've seen servants upon horses and princes walking to servants upon the earth. It says in verse 6, Folly is set in great dignity. The, sit, the rich sit in low places. When leadership is given to fools, it hurts many people. Oh, how it destroys. See, a fool is not talking about somebody's intelligence. A fool, characterized by scripture, is a person who does not believe in God. A, person, a, a, a fool can be, can be very knowledgeable. A fool can be successful, worldly, worldly wise. But a fool is someone who says there's no God. So leadership is given to fools. It hurts many people. Secondly, problems occur when unqualified leadership, when, there, when there's unqualified leadership, and the qualified are not in the right position. Verse 7, I've seen servants upon horses and princes walking among servants upon the earth. The word servants describe those who lack the ability necessary to be in leadership position, while the word princes refers to those who have the essential qualities to rule. The people who have the qualities to rule are not ruling, and the people who don't have the qualities to rule are ruling. Well, we see that today, don't we? <laughs> I mean... It doesn't take uh, someone very intelligent to see we have uh, poor leadership in lots of areas in our country today. But people who are in positions of authority should have, first of all, character. Character. Whether it be qualifications for a pastor, which we read about in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 2 through 7, or the qualifications for a deacon, which we read about in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 8 through 13, there's characteristics and qualities that church leadership should have. And dear friend, those, those should be characteristics and qualities in, in so many different areas of life. The Bible has much to say about the problems of fool and authority. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 10, Delight is not seemly for a fool, much less for a servant to have rule over princes. Proverbs 26, verse 1, As snow is in summer and rain is in harvest, so honor is not seemly for a fool. Proverbs 30, verses 21 and 22, For three things the earth is disquieted, and for four it cannot bear. For a servant when it raineth, and a fool when he is filled with meat. I read an illustration recently about Pakistani and international airlines, the nation's flagship airline, had to deactivate hundreds of planes upon discovering an elaborate cheating scandal. The news reported revealed that 30% of their pilots were never qualified to fly, but had cheated their way to the captain's chair. Imagine having flown on that airline and finding out that wonderful fact. <laughs> a 
Jackson stands 860 pilots. 262 of them had paid, paid someone to take their licensing exams for them. Woo-wee. So next time you book a flight, <laughs> well, that's an interesting proposition. So respond in righteousness with rulers who get angry. Secondly, be careful. Be careful about putting people in authority that have little, little character. Thirdly, plan and pray about your work every day. Plan and pray about your work every day. You know, the day before you do something, that night you should be thinking in your mind what you plan on doing the next day. I always tell my kids when they were at home, get your clothes out the night before. Get what shoes you're going to wear. Get your clothes out. Figure out what you're going to do. Have in your mind an idea of what you're going to wear so you don't spend 30 minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever it is, unwasted time. You already have that figured out. Plan your day out ahead of time. Where are you going to be? Who are you going to meet? Who are you going to talk to? And dear friends, don't rely on your memory to try to make that happen. The older you get, naturally, it's easier to forget. Write it down. There's so many tools today that's easy just to say, Hey, Siri, remind me. Or Alexa, remind me to do this, to put it down so you... There you go. She added it. <laughs> and I don't even know what I added. I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> no, I didn't have anything. Would you just be quiet? I'm trying to preach here. <laughs> See, she's talking to me. <laughs> it's just how life is. There's so many ways to just get things done. Man, don't try to figure it out. Write things down. Because if you don't, you're going to make a mistake. Plan and pray about your work every day. Ecclesiastes 10, verse 8. He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it, and whosoever breaketh an hedge, a serpent shall bite him. Whosoever removeth stones shall be hurt therewith, and he that cleaveth wood shall be endangered thereby. If an iron be blunt, and he, and he do not the wet the edge, then must he put more strength, but wisdom is profitable to direct. Surely the serpent will bite without enchantment, and a babbler is no better. What's, what's Solomon saying? Well, first of all, when digging a deep hole, there's always a danger of falling in it. <laughs> Be careful where you dig. Be careful where you dig. A wise person will use caution when he's close to that rim. He, he understands what, the, the implications of what's going on. Secondly, when demolishing a wall, this scenario talks about a person who's caught by surprise by a snake, Brother Eric, which I'm sure you appreciate so much. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you want to be working on something, all of a sudden that snake comes out of the grass because he'll be calling his wife to come take care of that snake. I know you will. <laughs> Guarantee. Thirdly, plan when working on a stone quarry or splitting logs. These are occupations have built-in hazards. If you know there's a situation where you're going to work in a spot where it's this hazardous, number one, think to yourself, do you want to be by yourself when you're going up that ladder? Ding, 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 ding. Probably not. Do you want to be in a bad spot when you're going out to the woods, having to do some work, and something were to happen to you? Probably not. 
You know, the Bible talks about wisdom working with more. Two is better than one. We read about this scripture. Even Solomon talked about it. Be careful if you put yourself in hazardous positions. Think about what you're doing before you're going to do it. Letter D, plan with circumstances or equipment are not perfect. Wise planning will ensure success. But just trying to do stuff in a rush, just trying to make it happen, just going in there and slapping something on it to make it happen, to say you got the job done, dear friend, that's, that's, not, that's not a way a Christian should live. It's not a way a Christian should work. It should be planned out. It should be thought out. It should be done, it should be done to, the, to the best of our ability. You say, well, you know, that's only on being paid. Well, the Bible says whether you eat, drink, and whatsoever you do, if you get paid, do to the glory of God. It says whether you, before you eat, drink, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Everything we, should, everything we do, we should do the best, our very best. My mom used to, have a, she used to have a saying, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. So that when you get done, you can say, I've tried my best. Now, your best may be, may be only a C. It may be only a B. That's better than average. But do the best you can at whatever you do. Whatever the hand finds to do, do it with all thy might. Even if you're not great at it, do the best you can. In verse 11, it says, Surely the serpent will bite without enchantment, and a babbler is no better. Poor planning risks loss of income and even loss of life. Solomon's lesson from unusual occupation is this. Be thorough in your work. Perform it completely. And don't take shortcuts. Paul the Apostle talked about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 15. He wrote on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, according to the grace of God which is given to me as a wise master builder. I have laid the foundation. Another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon, thereupon. For no other foundation can no make for, for, for other for other foundation can no man lay that is in lay, which is laid which is Christ Jesus. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned. He shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. What's, what's Paul referring to? He's referring to the judgment seat of Christ. When we stand before him one of these days, and every one of us as Christians are going to stand before the Lord in a judgment. If we build our life on wood, hay, and stubble, mainly basically things that don't last, if we build our, our life on our plans, our goals, our dreams, our wants, our things. Your life is going to be you're, you're going, your life is going to be presented before God, and all that you did, and it's going to be wood, hay, and stubble. And it's all going to be burned up. It's like that. It's like that. It's going to be gone. But if you build your life on what God wants you to do, and follow His plan, His goals, His dreams for your life, then you'll build your life on 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 precious stone on silver and gold and that which is in, and it's when it's tried by the fiery judgment of God and he, that will be that will be that will, there will be a reward for that because you did your you lived your life his way instead of living your life your way and it's a choice every day we get up we make a decision am i going to do my am i going to live my life my way 
I'm going to live my life God's way. It's a choice. That's why Paul wrote, I die daily. You have to daily die to your wants. You have to daily die to your dreams. You have to daily die to what you want to do. And say, God, what do you want me to do? What do you, lead me in the path of righteousness for thy name's sake. How should, I, how should I live? So Paul said he labors a wise master builder or an expert builder. In other words, he worked wisely, efficiently, excellently, productively. He cautioned that we too should take great care how we're to work. And he said that our work will be evaluated by the Lord himself. So respond in righteousness with rulers who get angry. Be careful about putting people in authority that have little character. Number three, plan and pray about your work every day. Number four, hear the words of wisdom and not of fools. Hear the words of wisdom and not of fools. Remember I said last week, the Bible talks about in Proverbs, he that walketh with a wise man shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. That's just not people, but that's, what you, that's, that's everything about you. What you listen to, who you follow. Be careful about listening to foolish people. Because if you listen to foolish people, it won't be long. You'll be saying the same foolish things out of your mouth. Monkey see, monkey do. Monkey hear, monkey say. Be careful what you, what you allow into your heart and mind. The Bible says in verse, in verse 12, the words of a wise man are gracious, but the lips of a fool will swallow up himself. The beginning of the words of wise is foolishness, but the end of his talk is mischievous, mischievous madness. A fool also is full of words. A man cannot tell what, what shall be. What shall he be after? Who can tell? Verse 15, the labor of, of the foolish wearieth every one because he knoweth not how to go to the city. Letter A, the words of the words of a fool are destructive, consuming him and others. Solomon says the words will swallow him up. They'll destroy his reputation and his dignity. They'll destroy his effectiveness in work and his pursuits. It destroys his reputation with his relationship with others. Destroys the opportunities he have to receive great rewards because he speaks foolishly. You know people who have so much good character, but they just can't shut up. I mean, they got so many things going for them, but they just don't know when to speak and when not to, when to speak and when not to speak. I mean, they got so many things. They got, they got intelligence. They got abilities. They got some character. If they could just not talk as much, like quarter as much, their life would be so much better. But every time they open their mouth, they wind up falling in a pit. They wind up saying things that are stupid, and it hurts them. You all know somebody like that? Yeah, I know some folks like that. <laughs> it's sad. Fool, secondly, a fool's words begin as nonsense, but leads to mad and wicked behavior. Solomon goes on to address the dangerous impact and influence of fool's words. In the beginning, a person might merely engage in some foolish or silly behavior. No harm is done, but the fool keeps on speaking. And as, much, and as they continue to speak, it doesn't just go to folly. It goes to foolishness and goes from foolishness to act, the people acting crazy or mad. You ever hear somebody talk so much and you just look at them like they've just gone lost their mind? Like, have you lost your mind? Or do you actually know who you are and where you're at and what you're saying? I mean, it gets to the place where he's like, what, what are you, what are you, are you, are you okay? 
Are you doing all right? Is everything fine? Sit down. Let me take your temperature. Are you okay? Do you have a fever? What's going on? Are you okay? That's what, that's what Solomon is saying. This person is, is saying so much. It, it's, all, it's, it's foolishness and it's crazy. Thirdly, the, fool, the fool's words are uncontrollable. They're uncontrolled. He cannot control what he says. He doesn't know when to stop. doesn't know when to start. He speaks before he thinks without regard to who's listening or what effect his words may have upon others. That's why the Bible says, He that keepeth his mouth and tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. Oh, sometimes, friend, the best thing to do is just not say anything. Some of the best advice I give people all the time who are struggling with relationships is how about say about half of what you're usually saying. Say less. Say less. Just speak less. Talk less. You don't, you don't have to say something. Well, I, I, have to re, I have to reply. No, you don't have to reply. How about just walk away? Walk away. Be careful. Be a fool's words are boastful and he claims to know the future. A fool boasts of things he does not know and cannot know. Solomon makes a wise observation that nobody knows the future, what the future will bring. Reminds me of the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 12, verses 18 to 20. And he said, this is what I do. I'll put down my barns and build greater. There I'll bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid upon many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, thou fool. This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? This person is making, oh, you know, tomorrow I'm going to do this, and tomorrow I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do all these things. <laughs> it's all foolishness. It's all foolishness. That's not the way we should go. We should say, as the Bible says in James chapter 4, if the Lord's will, if it's the Lord's will. Now, there's nothing wrong with planning, and we should plan, as I talked about before. A wise person does plan, but doesn't boast about it. He said, if it's the Lord's will, and if the Lord chooses to change your plans, allow it to be the Lord's will and be sensitive to that. Allow, to, allow the Lord to change your plans. Because, friend, you're not living your life. You're living his life, right? We're bought with the price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We're his. We're not our own. We're bought with a price. If he wants to change my plans, I got plans tomorrow to do A, B, and C. But he could change those plans because I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. Do, be, do, do not be a person who speaks foolishly. Control your tongue. Consider the wise words of the 16th president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln. Better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to open one's mouth and remove all doubt. Think about that long and hard. Luke chapter 4, verse 22, Let your words be those of Jesus. All who knew him wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. Colossians 4, verse 6, Let your speech be always with grace. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good use to the edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Think about what you say before you say it. Just don't speak to speak. Because remember, dear friend, every idle word, every idle word is recorded in heaven. 
We're going to have to give an account for every idle word. So by the grace of God, may our words be few and may they be precious and may they be seasoned with salt to help, to encourage, to strengthen and guide. And may they speak often of the grace of God and tell the wondrous things that he's done for us in our life. How can we boil all these things down? Well, how to live right in the world full of wrongs? Watch your walk. Watch your walk. Secondly, watch your work. Plan it. Prepare for it. Think about it. Just don't go out there and just do something just to do it, to say you're busy. Busy's good, but you know what? Rats running around a cage are busy too, but they ain't getting much done. Think about what you're doing when you're doing stuff. And thirdly, watch your words. Oh, if he would just focus on those three areas of life, our walk, our work, and our words, how much different our life would be. Think about that Scottish preacher who said, A wise life is made up of a multitude of small things, little words, not eloquent speeches. It's not in one heroic effort, but through little things that a life is wisely lived. May we choose to live wisely and not as fools. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for your precious word. Oh God, it's so easy when we live in a world that is full of the foolish. It is easy to live like them, to work like them, to walk like them, to use their words, their language. But oh God, help us to recognize that we're different. We're different because we have a creator that we acknowledge. We're, we're different because we have a savior that's changed us from the inside out through salvation. We're different because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. We're different because we believe and trust in the Word of God. Help us to live differently, to choose to live differently every day. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ, your Savior, if you're not sure tonight, if you were to die, if you were to die you'd go to heaven. Dear friend, I, I, I implore you tonight, I beg you tonight, Come see me if you're a man, if you're a woman. Come see my wife or one of these other ladies. We'd love to take the Bible and show you how you can be sure when you die you'll go to heaven because you've placed your faith, your hope in Jesus Christ alone. And maybe you're here tonight and there's some areas that maybe the Holy Spirit spoke to you about. Maybe it's in your work. Maybe it's in your walk. Maybe it's in your words. Say, preacher, the Holy Spirit spoke to me about an area in my life that needs to change. I need to work on. Would you pray for me that I would have the courage, first of all, to acknowledge it, and secondly, to, by the grace of God, to do something about it? Would you pray for me? Something the Holy Spirit spoke to me about. I need a change in my life. Would you pray for me? Anybody at all tonight? Just raise your hand. I'd love to pray for you. Something the Holy Spirit spoke to me about. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else this evening? Let's stand to our feet. The altar's open this, this evening. If you'd like to come and pray and ask God to help you in a specific area, then you're welcome to come as the piano plays. The Holy Spirit listens, speaks to you in that still, small voice. It could be a, an area that we didn't even mention tonight, but an area you're struggling in, an area you're having difficulty in. Oh, dear friend, 
There's a reason why the Spirit's speaking to you. There's a reason why your conscience is bothering you. Take care of it tonight. Don't let it keep going. Ask God for help. He'll always be there. He sticketh closer than a brother. Listen to that sweet spirit and obey him tonight.